You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name's Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Tonight I bring you some of the latest reports that have come into BBR in the last two months. I have had to split the episode into two parts due to the high number of recent reports and requests for help. In part one we will hear from people who've seen the strangest of things whilst going about their ordinary daily routine. First, we go to Yorkshire. In the small town of Malton, there's a bacon factory that sits on the side of the River Derwent. Many years ago, when I was only taking and sharing Bigfoot reports, I was contacted by a local lady who'd seen a number of tall, upright, hairy creatures in the woodlands along the bank of the river, and she'd also seen them watching her home. One of our BBR members, Stu Hill, went down and met the lady to investigate the area she sees them in. Stu Hill has been a BBR member for a number of years now, and he knows what he's looking for. And he did find some strange structures in the woodland. Now, this case is one I've not mentioned before on the channel, as it was a private case concerning a private individual. The lady suffered from knocking and banging on the walls of her home. Um, And she confided with one of her neighbours and they too were experiencing some some strange stuff around the home. At first she encouraged the interaction and she'd gift and leave food out for them. But sooner or later this was not enough or their agenda changed somehow. The interaction became very negative after the home owner took a photograph of one of the figures. Needless to say, it was not too long before I was contacted by a chap who knew nothing of this case but he too had experienced something strange next to the river in the bacon factory only about 500 yards from where the original witness's flat sits. The witness name was Lee and he shared an experience that happened in 2021 and he said hi Deborah I contacted you as I had a really weird experience when I was staying at a house near the area you mentioned in your live feed. You said a lady who was living close to the bacon factory in Moulton had taken some photos of creatures she'd seen watching her at night. 
Well, I was with a few workmates from the Malton Bacon Factory and we were staying together. And one night we drank quite a lot of beer. We had a good time. I crashed out and I slept. We all did. The next day I woke about 4.30am, feeling a little worse for wear. So I went for a walk up from the house to get some air. It was a very long lane and I slowly walked along it, just trying to freshen up. I was approaching, but not close to a crossroads. And over the road from that crossroads is a little village. And as I approached it, I heard a dog barking like mad. But there was no way that it could have seen me. I don't think I was the reason it was barking. I was way too far away. But something must have set it off. I decided I was going to get to the end of the road and go into the village. But this dog by this time was going mental. It was barking like mad, like something was bothering it. It didn't sound like a normal bark. It was different. It spooked me a bit because I knew it wasn't barking at me. It was barking at something else. I suddenly felt very vulnerable. So I turned around and I started back down the long road. I felt uneasy. I thought something could be following me. But I'm sure, I hope, it was just my imagination. I didn't want to run. As whatever it was could run wild and come after me. At this point, I was walking faster to try and get back to the flat. And luckily, a milk float driver pulled up and asked me if I needed a lift, and I accepted. I told him what had happened, and he told me about the news story that had been on the TV the night before, about that weird creature in the fields. I got a chill, I can tell you. Now, I think the news report that Lee's referring to is a case of the bizarre beast that had been spotted by a walker in the fields around Shelby. Steve Weston, who lives in Selbury, was walking home from work in Birkin when he spotted a large black figure that was lumbering across the other side of the field and he was heading towards the Gateforth area. Steve said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. It was completely bizarre. And when I saw it, I thought to myself, what on earth is that? Steve said the animal was far too large to be a dog. And he said that he didn't have similar movements to any animal that he'd seen around the area before. It looked to be absolutely huge, he said. It's just unexplainable. It looked to be really muscular. Steve explained how this animal run through the fields, changing directions multiple times, before chasing after a hare and running off into the distance. Now, I don't know if these two cases are connected. The area between them, as the crow flies, is not very far at all. In fact, you have a choice of two river valleys to choose from, as the use and the Derwent run there. It seems a strange place for a cryptid to be seen, but we've heard of over and over of reports of them coming very close to habituation areas, or areas where we live. Is the food factory the draw? I lost touch with the original witness but I knew it wouldn't be the last that we'd heard from Moulton. So you can imagine how pleased I was when another person contacted me recently after their own experience in the Moulton area. The chap got in touch with me and said, I sent this email to you so I could make a report of a cryptid sighting that happened to myself and my friend recently. What we experienced was only a few days ago. It happened on the 20th of June, 2022. My friend and I went cycling around the Moulton area. We live in Wrighton, just outside of the town. 
We started off going through Moulton and back to Wrighton down a small bike lane that goes past the Eden camp. When we went past the Eden camp, my friends started to feel as if we were being followed by something and it was dark by this time. We kept on going and further up the road we saw a baby deer. It came out onto the road and it then ran past us and went off into the bushes. We didn't think anything of that as you see deer around here all the time. We didn't pay much attention to the deer or why it would be out in the open like that until we went past a set of houses and as we walked past we heard some sort of loud deep noises like voices. I would describe it as chittering or chattering and it was coming from one of the gardens. Now it was at this point I got really scared as I saw a pair of red eyes looking at us from just above the grass line of the house. I don't know what has red eyes or red eye shine or what was hiding in that grass. But as you can imagine, after hearing this weird speech and seeing whatever it was hiding in the grass, we quickly made our way back home as we were really creeped out. When we got back home, my friend said that after we'd gotten away from the garden, he felt as if he could feel whatever it was that was watching us, following close behind us. Was it following us? By the way he explained it, it felt as if he was seeing things through the eyes of whatever it was, like it was following us back home and he could see it do that. I don't know why, but we went back out there the next night, but nothing happened. A few days later, I was out cycling again and I did see a large black animal that was running around on the left side of one of the fields past the houses. Now my friend and I still don't know what it was that we saw that night. We don't know where the red eye shine came from. We looked online for similar sounds to the chittering chattering that we'd heard but nothing matched. I hope this helps, he said. Now I do have a couple of reports in the area, probably within about five miles of the accounts at Moulton. Here's just one of those reports, and then we can look at another new case. This account is titled, I'm certain that a human figure moved in front of the car. Our witness is named Lamar, and he said, I was once driving down the A1237 late at night. I'd been to see a friend at Clifton Moor and I was heading back towards the A64. Although I was concentrating on driving the car, I was also listening to my music, and I'd pretty much gone into autopilot as there were no other cars around, only the occasional roundabout to negotiate. Suddenly, I became aware of a movement at the curbside, a few metres ahead of me, and before I realised what was going on, I was certain that a human figure moved out in front of the car. I hit the brakes, but I was still travelling, doing about 60 miles an hour, when I should have heard that dreaded thud. But there was nothing. I didn't stop, although I slowed to about 30 miles an hour after braking. I could see only the open road in my rearview mirror, and I heard only an eerie silence. I sped back up quickly, wanting nothing more than to get away from that place as fast as I could. Lamar, North Yorkshire. Now, in our next case, we visit an area not too far from my home. A 
an area with a forest as old as time. Mentioned in the Doomsday book, Delamere Forest is just a shadow compared to its original state. It's now home to many visitors. We have the ever-popular forest school and the Go-Ape Climbing Centre. It's usually pretty busy during the day. At night, however, it becomes a very different place indeed. For example, many of the strange figures and creatures that have been reported by visitors to the forest are more canine in description than anything else, which is unusual for the UK. Several visitors have reported hearing and seeing strange wolf-like creatures, with one case being reported to the police. A motorist passing the forest in lockdown saw a strange grey humanoid figure that leapt across the road in front of the car. He too thought he'd surely hit something. But on inspection, after pulling up, there was no figure or creature to be seen. One lady contacted me after an awful night of camping with her husband in the forest. She said, Myself and my husband went to Delamere in 2019, and oh boy was it alive with activity. We haven't been back to camp there since, and I refused to go back there. During the night, lots of lights were seen floating within the trees, and the rest of the night was just as strange. At one point, my tent was unzipped, and I saw a pure black shadow, and I saw it enter my tent, which made me freeze. The shadow left, and it zipped the tent back up as it did. Now add this to the reports of animals screaming in pain, ghost lights within the trees, spectral carriages, werewolves and the many UFO reports. Delamere. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Leftovers. Or... The DMV. Number 97. Or... House cleaning. Or... Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a very strange place indeed. I've recently received a really interesting case from the forest that I'm sharing here for the first time tonight. This report is titled, Multiple Experiences at Delamere Forest. Someone calls my name. Now, this witness contacted me via YouTube, and his YouTube handle is Grim Noir. He said, I used to work in Delamere Forest, and I know you've worked on some cases there. I've lived nearby for most of my life, and I've spent many family trips there, late walks, etc. 
from any small paths that run through the woods, and you meet wildlife, horse riders, dog walkers along the trails here. But also there is a lot of dense foliage, some small lakes and mires. It's not an ordinary forest. I've experienced a couple of unexplained things whilst working there. Strangely enough, mostly during the day. For my work, I usually work in the forest around sunrise until about sunset. Patrol different paths, some that not many people take. Half of my time working there would be alone and the rest I would be around forest visitors or my colleagues. My work would have me 100% of the time among the trees and the trails. Now, I've witnessed small floating lights, shadows moving in my peripheral vision. But what struck me the most, as it happened a few times, is hearing someone call my name as if they were standing next to me. Sometimes I'd be by myself or in a busy part of the forest, so it should have been easily explainable. It could have come from my radio, but I'd immediately respond through the channels and I'd be told no one had called for me. If I called out, nobody replied. I suppose it could have been visitors to the forest, calling out to friends and family members. However, when asking my present colleagues, they said they'd heard nobody call out. And when I'm alone, it would come like a whisper, with nobody in sight. I don't know where or how I'd hear these whispers and calls, but I know they weren't normal. It's not a grand, expansive forest like others in England, he said. The local area is quite peculiar, though. And I often remember the voices that would call out my name when I work there. I've also camped around Nunsmere Woods a few times, which is local to me. I've had quite a few strange encounters with people and animals there that I can't forget. Grim Noir. So as you see, the forest itself has many secrets, but I think it's willing to share them with anyone who visits there. One family contacted me after a disturbing experience that they had one Christmas Eve in the forest. The witness said, The first incident that happened to us was around December 2010 in Delamere Forest. It was mid-afternoon, Christmas Eve, and my wife had asked me to take our two youngest sons, aged nine and five, out for a while so she could finish wrapping their presents in secret. At the time, we lived in Frodsham, which is closer to the coast, so I took them out to Delamere Forest. I spent a couple of hours walking and playing around with them. It had snowed, or it was starting to snow from what I can remember. It got to about 4pm and it was starting to go dark and nobody was around at this time. The forest was emptying of people. We were on the far side, deep into the forest, on the side where the lake's located. In my mind, I thought it was time to go. And as soon as I thought that, I heard a noise coming from around 500 yards away, maybe further, off into the trees. The noise was the loudest scream I'd ever heard. It sounded like a woman was getting attacked in there. That scream went on for 10 to 15 seconds. And then it went from a scream into a low howl to the point where we all looked at each other and my eldest son said, let's go. We ran back to the car and got in as fast as we could. And at that point, I had no knowledge of anything paranormal or any cryptid events within the forest. It didn't interest me at all. We did take photographs as well during the day, which I can dig out if you'd like them. And there was a very odd mist around my son's which may be connected, I'm not sure. 
Now, the family have had strange experiences in other areas of the Northwest. I will share those experiences with you in the coming weeks in another podcast. Now, my next report comes from an area not too far from East Horsley in Surrey. East Horsley is a village and a civil parish about 21 miles southwest of London, and it's on the A246 between Leatherhead and Guildford. Now, the area is a mosaic of ancient woodland, chalk grassland, and extraordinary wildflower displays. Our witness is local to the surrounding area, and she said, Hi, Deb. I want to share something with you, but I want to stay anonymous, and please don't share the exact location. About 15 years ago, my partner and I lived in a little flat near the common north of East Horsley. We had a few strange things happen when we were there. And one of those events was a really frightening experience that my partner still won't really discuss to this day. We used to take a shortcut to get to the train station and we'd often have a feeling of being watched when passing through those woods. I tend to avoid the area, even thinking about this sort of thing, let alone believing it. But even I would run as fast as I could through that part of the walk if I was ever alone. The really scary story happened one night. My partner and his friends would sometimes go out at night and play some sort of commando role-play game where they would hide and capture each other with flashlights, etc. They usually did this in the trees around the common. But this night, they decided to walk up to the woods and meet there. I stayed at home. I'd usually be in bed long before they got back. This night, however, my partner and one friend came running back, much earlier than expected, and he was out of breath. And he looked terrified. He said that I'll split up to start playing the game and everyone had gone and hid. And my partner spotted someone crouching down by a tree. He approached it thinking it was one of his friends only to realise as he got closer that this thing was not a friend or not even a human. He said it had a kind of silvery skin and he described its shape as a humanoid form. This thing wasn't wearing clothes and it was watching him intensely. He said he'd had the urge to run, but instead he stepped forwards as if to frighten it away. It didn't work, and the thing didn't move. He stayed there, but kept watching him as he got closer to it. Now the fact that it clearly wasn't scared of him frightened him. He changed his mind, and he backed away and started running. He was shouting for his friends and running really fast back down the main path to exit the woods. And as he was running, he kept seeing rustling branches and he'd catch glimpses of it through the trees as it followed him. He kept up with him as he moved through there. He said he'd never run so fast in his life and he was barely able to describe all of this. I picked it up in little details over the years, but he still does not like to talk about it. He's a very straight up person. And I absolutely believe that this is what he saw. Has anyone else described a similar creature in this area, Deb? She went on to add, One thing to note, and I'm unsure if this is related to what he saw that day, but the big house in Downside, not too far away, it was built by a man named Viscount Legionnaire, who had an interest in history. He survived 28 gunshot wounds in one battle. And he had a harem of women who lived with him. He used to joke that maybe he was a vampire. 
It's a strange little place and the only home I've ever had where I felt regularly spooked. I wonder if the silver skin figure and the accounts of the vampires in the area are connected in any way. The creature described sounds horrid. You know, who was it hiding from? Or was it waiting in ambush? Do you have any information regarding the strange vampire-like dude with the many, many wives and his motley crew? The figure, in its description, reminded me of the rake-like or the nightcrawler creatures spotted all around the world. A thin, grey or silver humanoid that has facial features and can be seen watching people down on all fours or up on two legs. All of the witnesses to this horror have described how chilling the event was for them. I've no idea what the crawler is, but I doubt he is of this earth. And I dare say he could possibly be man-made. Years ago, I interviewed a Canadian witness to the Nightcrawler who was native to the area and he called it the Shtetil. The witness said, My experience with the Shtetil happened back in 2010 in Lower Mainland, Fraser Valley, British Columbia, Canada. It was approximately early October, the year I was 16, I'm 26 now. I was on my friend's property, which is way out there, and we went into the woods at night for a smoke, just simply for something to do. When we were standing at the top of a cliff looking down the ravine, I saw something, and it was moving before the path leading down to the rest of the forest and the creek at the very bottom, which was the only safe way to walk down there, especially at night. I could see a seven to eight feet tall, pure white figure, it was kind of soft looking and it was moving slowly down there, kind of swaying left to right. It was standing and it was definitely touching the forest floor in the exact same place the whole time we saw it. It was making absolutely no sound. I wasn't even going to say anything about the figure to my friend at first because I was waiting for my friend to say something. We observed it for a couple of seconds in complete silence. We were mesmerised by its movements. Then I asked my friend if he saw it too. And he said, yeah, he could see it as well. We stood silent in fear as we were watching it. I was trying to adjust our eyes to the being and see what it was doing. As we continued watching it for a couple of minutes, I felt that I was in a slight daze. I'd watch it move from side to side. And I started to feel impending doom set in. I had a sinking feeling in my chest area, like when you're going to die or in a life-threatening situation. And I had shivers going throughout my body. And that's when I told my friend specifically, I don't like this. And he agreed. And we left immediately. My people would call this creature the Shishitu. Now, the next case I want to share with you came into BBR within the last couple of days. It was sent via Facebook by a lady who was making a report on her husband's behalf. This is another case that takes place on land marked as belonging to the Ministry of Defence. As regular listeners will know, this seems to be a repeating pattern here, especially in cases where cryptic creatures are seen on the land by serving personnel. Many of them risk their livelihood by reporting such an incident, but many of them still do. A huge dog in the tree line. Witness report. Hi Deb. 
I have a brief account for your map. I can email it to you, but I have a very tired husband just back from training. And he hasn't said much more than the following so far. So I will add any other detail if any more comes to light at a later date. My husband was on the Bramley training area this weekend in Hampshire. He said he was woken up by a dog barking about 2.30am this morning, which would be late Saturday, early Sunday, 10th of July. He said it was a bark he couldn't identify, but it was not a domestic dog or a farm dog because the bark was far too loud. He could see it in the tree line. He could see a huge dog. But again, he said, but it wasn't a dog though. He was too tired to do much more at the time, but look, really, he was on training. He was not that phased by the sound of it. I should explain that when you've been to Afghanistan and multiple war-torn areas, not a lot compares fear-wise, I suppose. But I find it strange of him to say it was not a dog. She went on, this is a training area with a certain military defence branch who were also present this weekend. There's no way domestic dogs would have been there on that land. My husband said he asked anyone if they'd heard the strange dog barking in the morning, but they all said no. They did, however, hear a disturbance from a group who'd been celebrating. So by the time the barking started, he was fed up. He just wanted to go to sleep. He said whatever was barking sounded close and he could see the movement, but it was moving around in the bushes and hedges and he couldn't work out what it was. He did say it could have been something moving around in there that was not associated with the barking, say possibly a deer or some other animal. When my husband got home, he was too tired to talk, which is normal after he's been away. So sadly, more detail in the moment was lost. You asked me to ask him if it stood up on two legs at any point, and he thinks it was on all fours all the time. And you asked about the height of the dog, my husband's six foot four. And he would have remarked something particularly tall if he'd noticed it at a similar height. He eventually managed to get his head down again and forgot about it till he got home. I guess it could have been a native animal, she said. How loud can a fox bark? What does a loud dog sound like at night in an area like that? Our witness went on to add. Several years ago I had my own experience with a large non-native cat that I saw from the window at home. The cat was the size of a spaniel or a touch bigger. I looked out of the bedroom window and I saw it. We lived in Nettlecombe in Bracknell at the time. I saw this oversized black cat staring back at me and in one leap it jumped straight over a four foot high fence without touching it. And that was it. It vanished. And it was dark and our house backed onto the woods. Apparently those oversized cats did exist here. I saw a programme once and they showed a stuffed one of them. And I knew, as soon as I saw it, that that was the same size and description as the one I'd seen. There's a name for this 16th size of cat, but I don't know what it's called, Deb. I wonder if it occurs to people when they see a large cat or even a cryptic creature, that for all this is the first time they've laid eyes on it. That creature could have walked that way a thousand times before. I think as humans, our default setting is safety-based, so it's easier to imagine this is a one-off event. Rather than a permanent resident you wish didn't live nearby. How many times have we walked the dog or taken the children to a place that has a report of a cryptic creature or an unusual figure that hides within the trees? 
how many of our haunted woods are really homes to a creature beyond our understanding? Is each screaming lady a creature crying out in the night? Are the lights people see sent to lead them into danger or take them on a path of no return? Are the knocks we hear amongst the trees really ghosts and spooks? Or a beast watching its prey, each set of red eyes declared a demon or a devil dog? Now it's usually at the start of summer, when the woods come back to life, that I start to hear reports of wood knocking, shadowing, howls and screams, or I start to receive images of possible new structures within the woodland. Now this usually happens from down south, and then the reports make their way ever northwards across the country. This year's no exception. But in previous years, this has happened much earlier in the season. It's quite late in the year this year. So in an area just south of the training ground where the man training saw the large dog, there's an area called Liphook. And Liphook is another area that's owned by the Military of Defence and posted as private. And in the first week of July 2022, I received a report of wood knocking on the MOD land at Liphook. And the witness said, Hi Deb, I thought you'd, I would connect with you about a possible Bigfoot encounter. That happened just yesterday. That would be Monday the 4th of July, 2022 in the afternoon. My girlfriend and I completed a hike in Liphook and Liss in Hampshire. It was about 4.30pm. We ascended a sandy track into the Longmoor Military of Defence training ground to a viewpoint surrounded by gorse, heather and pine trees. The path we were on descended to what was formerly a military railway track. And at this point, my girlfriend was playing on a low bough of a pine tree, whilst I went around a hedgerow to use the toilet. A minute later, I returned, and as I met my girlfriend, I distinctly heard a pair of wood knocks. The knocks came from further up our path on the right. I'd estimate that they were maybe 150 metres away, slightly to the right. There were some small, tall pine trees on the horizon in that direction. I asked my girlfriend if she'd heard the knocking, and she said no. At that moment, no more than 30 seconds after I'd heard the tree knocks, I heard a single knock from my left this time. There was a large open valley of heathland to our left, and that was behind the tree my girlfriend was playing on. And the woodland is on the ridge above it. She didn't hear this, but only a few minutes later, a second wood knock came from the same direction, on the left. I'd approximate that this was a little further away than the first two, perhaps about 200, 250 metres. She heard that knock and she said it sounded like a carpenter. She also noted the echo, which was also the case with the other tree knocks. So that ruled out woodpeckers, whose drilling would have been fainter, more persistent, more often. And woodpeckers do not respond to each other from large distances by knocking. We didn't see any grouse or pheasants, and it was a very desolate area, absolutely completely devoid of people. There was no evidence of game shooting. This area is used by the military, but we would not have been able to walk here had it been a military exercise had been on, because the past would have been closed to the public. We hadn't encountered anyone during this two to three mile stretch of walk. I know from my research that someone had heard a wood knocking lip hook in recent years. It's a very remote area. 
My girlfriend and I have completed many hikes in Surrey, Sussex, Wiltshire and Hampshire over the last two years. But this area has an almost otherworldly solitude we haven't encountered anywhere else. He said, I believe myself to be analytical. I can't explain what we heard. It bears comparison to the testimony and the videos I've seen of witnesses even counted cryptids. What strikes me about my experience was the quick response time, the first pair of knocks and the second, as well as the distances between them. It was too coincidental for it to be any animal. Woodland workers use chainsaws, yet there's no forestry vehicles or equipment about. I've heard gunshots before on other walks, and although they aren't that dissimilar, these were definitely wood knocks. What is also significant, he said, at least to me, is that there were no further sounds. There was no shouting, no machinery, nothing. Those two pairs of knocks occurred within 30 to 45 seconds of each other. I'm not sure, probably maybe 25 to 30. But time seems to slow down when you concentrate like that. I also turned my head to the right sharply when I heard the first pair of wood knocks. I can only assume that they came from the Scotch Pines further up on our right of the path. If the reciprocating knocks came from the pines on the other side of the valley, then that is a remarkable distance to cover. We never heard any rustling on our walk. There was some bird life and we heard goldfinches and crows a little earlier. When we proceeded along the path after hearing those wood knocks, I did look up at the top of the pine trees as I passed them. Strangely, I was quite relaxed about it. Perhaps it was a stifling heat, but I didn't feel like my life was in danger. However, had I been alone, I may have hung around for a while to see if I could notice any movement, presumably from the treetops. From what I've heard, these creatures, if indeed they're related to Sasquatch, can remain motionless for a very long time. It probably wouldn't have been a good idea for me to hang around there. Incidentally, there was no stench or smell in the air at any point. He went on to add, Part of me wants to return. But I'm not sure. I saw a missing 411 they hunted, and that terrified me. But I don't know if abductions would take place in that, Hampshire. I can't stop thinking about it. I've gone over it again and again, and it really is the strangest event. My instincts are pretty sharp, and I felt there was something unique about this area when I walked there last year. I wonder if the Forestry Commission has any testimonies, or the Army for that matter, he said. Now, our wood-knocking witness pointed out that there had been a previous incident of wood-knocking reported by a couple in the Lip Hook area a few years before. Wood-knocks at Lip Hook Ridge 2019. Our witness reported that him and his wife had had a strange experience on the 23rd of April 2019. They were walking in a wooded area known as the Ridge, a mile from Lip Hook on the Hampshire West Sussex border. They're out with their dogs. It was around 7.30 p.m. And he said, we heard two loud wood knocks close by. There was no one around anywhere that we could see. Our dogs did not react to the noise, but within five minutes, they were running through the undergrowth frantically as if trying to flush something out of there. This is completely out of character for our dogs. They're usually very obedient but it took us a while to get them to come back to us. 
we heard or saw nothing else during the walk. We went back there the next day and saw nothing, but we could hear a tawny owl calling repetitively in a dense part of the forest. It was only about 2.30. I know owls do call during the daytime, but this call continued for the entire time it took us to walk 200 yards up an incline. This report was closely followed by a further wood-knocking incident in a well-known area of the UK, where there are numerous cryptic creature reports. In this case, it was a chap and his brother who'd heard wood-knocking. In an overgrown and unnamed area close to Thetford Forest, there was a recent report of wood-knocking that was made by the gentleman who owns the land there. And as this is private property, I've kept the actual location a secret. I'm in regular touch with the gentleman, and I have been for a number of years now. I find him to be very honest. He's a level-headed chap, and he's used to the noises on his land, wildlife and mechanical alike. I had mentioned in a recent premiere on YouTube that happens on a Saturday that a number of new reports had come in during the last few weeks, and those reports mentioned wood knocking during the event. The chap explained that he too had heard wood knocks close to his home just a few days before. It was last weekend, which would be July 2022, when we heard the knocks. My brother pointed out to me several knocks that were coming from the forest at the bottom of our field. It sounded like two knocks and a break before it started again. It's so overgrown out there that we couldn't locate the origin of anything that could have accounted for what we heard. The Forestry Commission hasn't cut the pass back in over two years and it's becoming almost impossible to walk in there. It's as if they don't want people in there for some reason. Well, there may be a good reason the area's not been cut. During lockdown, many areas were left to go wild, which meant many of the public footpaths and byways for hikers are being left unused. They're left to go wild and become impossible to pass and they're often filled with hogweed and balsam and all kinds of mess. The areas that can then be sold off and they can be built upon and they lose their green belt status. Now the less land we use, the more falls into the hands of property developers and new holiday homes for visitors and you know, commuters rob the area of vitality. For, it, there's no income, people are priced out and have to go further afield. I think it's the same for these cryptids. As we take more and more of the land, we corral them into smaller and smaller woodlands. And this may be the one reason reports are dramatically on the increase. How many of your childhood playgrounds still stand? Two weeks ago, we heard from a chap in Wales who had an experience with a bipedal wolf watching him during the COVID lockdown in a woodland he'd played in since being a child. When the podcast was released via YouTube on Saturday, I set my usual public chat session up so people could chat with each other or they can ask me questions as the video plays. I do this every Saturday on my YouTube channel at 8pm. And it's in order for people to chat with like-minded folk or to meet new people who want to investigate in an area that they both live close to. Many of the people in the chat are witnesses themselves and I encourage all newcomers to check out that chop action. During the chat, one man mentioned his experience in Wales with something that followed him in the woodlands. And this happened in 1995 and he said, 
I was emptying and measuring rain gauges by the reservoir in the forestry above Tower Colliery. I was working as a biologist and a field officer for the National Rivers Authority and my job meant I regularly measured rainfall all over South Wales and the Brecon Beacons. It was during my job when I heard something heavy and big come crashing through the trees and brush. I didn't see it and I'm glad that I didn't. The crashing noise through the trees was terrifying. I ran across the hummocks of swampy grass as fast as I could. I jumped in the van and I drove down the tracks as fast as I could. So I'm fascinated by Bigfoot and cryptid stories and I still wonder what it was that I heard that day. But I'd never go back there. So as you can see, it's been a very busy few months here at BBR. The reports continue to come in. And I will bring you more of them in part two next week. In the following weeks, you will hear some interviews from witnesses explaining what happened during their encounter. And I'll be sharing a number of reports that have been sent in to me by experts in their field. I'm lucky. I know some people that are very good at Bigfoot stuff. And I asked a number of them who I'd worked with over the years if they would share one account with us, which they have puzzled over the mouth. We will be privy to some reports that have not been made public before. I share reports and encounters like this every week via podcast platforms and YouTube. If you would like to hear more of our content, you can do so in a number of ways. BBR has a website where new reports are shared, along with articles and videos from other researchers and investigators. You can become a YouTube member or a patron when you will receive exclusive videos and sighting reports before they're made public. Please follow me on Facebook or Twitter and like, share and subscribe to help the channel to grow. I hope you had a lovely week and the heat is being kind to you. I will be back next week at the same time. Please join me as I share with you the world of the weird and the strange. Good night everyone. Leftovers or the DMV or 
house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.